Good morning and welcome to Decaf, a weekly podcast by the Beacon Center. Mark, that was a face that you were just making when we started. I just, this is the first time I ever took this uh, electrolyte infused cold brew coffee and it was not how I expected it to taste. You, you were literally before we started saying, look at this, it's like cold brew. <laughs> I know it was it just it tasted different. It wasn't even bad. You know, like you expect something and it tastes so much different. Like I remember anytime I'm, I remember one time I was like looking for like, I think I had like a, a, a drink and it was water. I drank instead of like vodka and I drank the water. I'm like, and I'm like, it's water, but it's when you're not expecting right. something, it, it's a lot weirder. It'll get you. And it's way worse when you think it's water or juice and it ends up being alcohol, that really throws you off. That's how I feel. I, I did that in college. There was actually completely the reverse, a smart water bottle full of vodka in our fridge. Oh God. I woke up at like 3 a.m. and I was so thirsty. I was just like, die. you know, and you're just like, you're dying. And I walked into the common area and I opened the fridge oh. and saw a water bottle and I thought it was the bottle that I left. Turns out it was the bottle that I left, but it had been used for another purpose in the meantime. And I opened it and I started chugging it. And I did not oh, gross. In college. Ugh. I had never drank alcohol before this point. I was a freshman in college. I didn't know what vodka tasted like. It was the most horrible thing that ever happened to me. I still remember it to this day. This is like 11 years ago. And I this is the worst water I've ever had in my whole life. <laughs> it was terrible. It was so bad. That, that is seriously, when you're thir when you're thirsty, it makes it so much worse too. Like yeah. that sounds like Actually, I'm kind of cringing thinking about you doing it. Like, I hate that. <laughs> it was really bad. Trust me, it was really bad. I hope it never happens to anyone on this call. Um, so Mark and I had a really busy day yesterday, a really exciting day yesterday. Um, but our teammate, Ron, has had a really busy year the last year. We released the City Freedom Index yesterday. I don't know if you saw it, but it got a lot of media buzz that Ron and Jason in our office have been working on for literally a calendar year. We announced the project last year on July 1st. For a calendar year, these guys have been taking data from cities about how free people are to use their property, to start a business, to just be themselves and express themselves in their cities. And they ranked the top 30 most populous cities in Tennessee based on overall freedom. And let me tell you, the results are not that surprising, but they have made waves. It hasn't like, I, I, I tried to calculate the exact amount of data points, but I think there's something like five or 6,000 data points they had to come up with. So we did the top 30 most populated cities in the state and ranked them on, I think 70 subcategories each. And then you had uh, 25 like general categories and then four like super categories, which were individual liberty, private property. Um, free enterprise. And, what was that? Free enterprise. Free enterprise, yep, and one other one that's really important that I can't think of right now, but uh, they, but they did this great job, and we'll attach the report. It's this incredible thing where, where they rank every city, and there is some surprising um, numbers, especially when you look at the subcategories, um, but like Memphis was number one in the whole state in individual liberty. We always talk about Memphis doing things wrong, um, but in this case, like they did they still came in 25th out of 30 overall. But then you just see some of these weird subcategories. You see like fireworks. You see, can you rent your house out? I mean, there's a lot of things. And, and it's kind of the, the whole gamut of what freedom means. So Laverne, which is a, uh, a, a suburb of us in Nashville, came in first. Yeah. Uh, Brentwood, which is a suburb of Nashville, came in second. And then Hendersonville, which is a suburb of, of Nashville, came in third. And then Nashville uh, and itself came in 30th. 30th out of 30th, and Franklin, which is often like one of the best places to live, came in 18th, which is a little bit more surprising. Mm -hmm. um, but it, 
And it has nothing to do with how good of a place it is to live. It's about the rules there. And what was out of the big four cities too? Chattanooga came in first, which surprised me a little bit. Yeah. I don't know if you felt that way. Yeah, I totally did. We got media coverage all across the state. It's an incredible web page designed by Andreas, our, our web guy who has just made it so easy to use and intuitive. And you can see exactly where things rank, click on the city, see its description. And then like we said, Ron and, and Jason's done an incredible job of the past year, but please check it out. The media coverage has been glowing. I think it's our most successful report media wise that we've ever done. Yeah, and I think it's going to be our most successful report solutions-wise, too, because we're not just stopping at offering these numbers and these rankings. We're offering solutions to say, like, this is where you're struggling and this is where your people feel stifled. Here's what you can do to fix it. So um, this is going to be something that's going to last a long time, it, almost an evergreen report until maybe one day we update the numbers. I mean, cities just need to give them gear and get it figured out and become more free. So if you want to read that, I'll attach it in this post, but beacontn.org slash freest dash cities. Um, and and it's, Ron says something is really good. It's like, this isn't a, a piece of education. It's not just for citizens. It's for lawmakers too, to say like, hey, this is where you're lacking. If you fix it, you'll move up. So it's really, because a lot of times people, even lawmakers might not know some of these weird rules. That you can't have more than two dogs or that. Um, you can't shoot a BB gun off in, in a remote area. Like there's these rules that even a lot of local people don't know. So I think it's a great report that will give lawmakers and citizens alike a chance to kind of address some of the issues they have. And and like Ron said, overall Tennessee's still pretty good. These cities are pretty good generally, but there's places for them to work. Maybe not Laverne, but everywhere else there's places that they can improve. Yeah, amen. I love it. Um, so while we're talking about freedom, let's talk about school choice really quick. Um, earlier this week, the Supreme Court handed down a ruling that says that private school or public school choice dollars, so things like tax credits, ESAs, whatever, can go to religious schools. Throughout the movement of school choice, that has been a real sticking point with the opponents of school choice, saying that, well, why are we going to give religious schools state money? But school choice is school choice, and education is education. And a lot of my friends went to religious schools, and their education was just as good as mine at a non-religious school. It doesn't matter to me. It doesn't matter what the religion is as long as they're providing a holistic and thorough education. That's my soapbox on that. But I think that this is a really important time for school choice because we are seeing kids not being able to go back to public schools. Public schools are staying closed because of city and state mandates. Um, I saw a tweet this morning that was a homeschool portal on a state website and it was overloaded. The server had been overloaded by parents who wanted to, or had an intent to homeschool this year. So I think that this is the time for school choice to shine and it could have come at a better time. You got anything to say to that, Mark? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's a big deal. And it, it's one of those weird things where it, most people want school choice. If you look at every, poll after poll shows the people and everybody, you see African-Americans, you got about a 70% approval rating for it. Uh, Republicans, even Democrats, about 50-50. The people who are against it are basically just rich white liberals and union members. That's it. it, it and the same people are like, oh, well, Donald Trump is a 39% approval rating. Uh, what a disgrace. Like, school choice has or a or, or, or school choice have like a 35 percent so there's just way under that we need to look at like everyone wants school choice it and as these kind of racial tensions happen in this country right now i know we're kind of having a a reckoning where we're talking about things that we haven't talked about previously one of the things that that separates i think racially is education a lot of times like poor 
people in these inner city neighborhoods, which a lot of times tend to be African-American, don't get the same education that these rich white suburbs do. And the issue with that is that we should allow them to go to these schools in rich white suburbs. This money is to educate them. It's not to give to public school teachers. It's not to give to the union. It's not to give to superintendents making a quarter million dollars a year. This is for the kids to be educated. And however that education needs to take place, that's what we need to focus on because one of the biggest obstacles to, to being successful is a bad education. And so many of these kids, in these kind of poor neighborhoods or inner cities don't have the same opportunities and that's what school choice does it allows them to have the opportunities that that the same kids in rich suburbs have and that's all we're asking for we want a fair chance we want freedom and equality and opportunity and that will lead to better outcomes and that, that's all we're asking for so if you're against school choice you really need to think about your position and why you feel that way and if you use the word union adult or school building then i feel like you've already lost so really think about that. And it's a great thing. And I think that we just started in Tennessee and hopefully we keep going farther with more school choice for everyone. Can you tell, like, I'm about to cry listening to this school choice, is, like my one big issue. I coached cheerleading at an inner city Christian school in Birmingham when I lived there. And I loved those kids more than anything. And their director of the school said that it would not exist if it weren't for the school choice program in Alabama. And so when I start to hear Mark, like, give this, like, it's almost like a campaign speech about school choice. It does a lot. I like get teary eyed and misty eyed because I so believe in this. And um, I've seen kids' lives be changed. I mean, that school has a 100% graduation rate and they all go to college or into the military. Like they all have a next step. And that's what this is about is giving kids a leap pad to the next step in their lives. Um, and it's just such a powerful force. A, a solid education is such a powerful force the rest of a kid's life. And I I'm going to say one more thing. Yeah. The same people, we're talking about bringing up police unions, uh, public sector police unions, we agree. Same thing for public sector teachers unions, because they're the ones, the teachers unions are the ones who are holding this back and, and stopping kids from getting education. They truly are. And we are here for the kids. We're not here for the union. Amen. All right. We're, mic drop on that. Um, the next thing we can talk about is kids that, this might be a hot take, but kids <laughs> that maybe got a good education, but it didn't quite set in apparently in it didn't quite stick it didn't quite didn't quite take um in tuscaloosa apparently there are things going on called covid parties where these dumb college students and i have some four-letter words that i could use to describe them but i would like to keep my job <laughs> these dumb college students are throwing covid parties where they invite a bunch of healthy students in one sick student that has COVID, they put money in a pot and the first person that gets COVID from the sick person gets the pot of money. That is the wrong way to gamble. Now, I've never gambled before. Mark gambles. He can tell you, <laughs> this is not what we gamble on. <laughs> yeah, some of you gambles. I like to pick people to like win. Like, oh, I hope this team wins the game. I don't think winning is getting COVID. I could be wrong. I mean, that's not my opinion of winning. <laughs> People get stupider every day. I mean, I have started- the University of Alabama. Watch your mouth. I have seen myself do stupid things during quarantine just because I've been locked up in my house all the time. But my stupid things are like spending money on a big thing of cheese balls at Costco. Like, not this. This is insane. I, I know. I mean, like, people need to take this seriously. And even if you're not, I mean, I know there's different schools of thoughts on how, but this is so dumb. Why would you intentionally affect yourself with something that can make you sick? And yeah, you'll probably be okay, but you might not be. Even so, you'll still probably be sick for a few days. It's the dumbest thing ever. And of course, these are the same kids that think that Alabama is like the best 
college football program in history. So, like, they obviously have some real mental issues to begin with. Um, so just I think it's Saban's the best coach. So obviously they're not right about most things. But yeah, this 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 really is so dumb. And joking aside, like this is not acceptable. And I would really reconsider my life if I ever did that. And it does it reminds you of those Tide Pod challenges. It's exactly the same idea. Oh, let's see, like the exact same like let's do this and see what happens. Freaking Gen Zers think that they know all know all and they can go out and protest and stand up for what's right and then they eat Tide Pods and try to have COVID infection parties like come on guys get your ass together it's so dumb so um that's our segment of what not to do with Mark and Taylor do not throw a COVID party um but one one type of party that we should that's the advice we've ever given yeah, best advice I've ever given, honestly. We're brilliant. Um, that's totally going to give it a job security. Um, one type of party that you should be throwing this week, and this is our last topic, and Mark and I vehemently disagree on this, but 4th of July is my favorite holiday. I mean, like, my love of America runs deep. Every single time at a football game and they play the national anthem, I start crying. Every time I see a flyover, tears in my eyes. I'm obviously a crier. This is like the second time I've referenced my crying on this one. But um, I love the 4th of July. I interned in Washington, D.C. in 2013. And my mom and my sister came up for the 4th. We went to all the monuments. We went to the archives. We watched the Capitol 4th. We watched the fireworks. We went and drank yingling at a bar. Like, it's just so America. On my birthday, my birthday's 9-11. I love America so much that my friends put me in my rollerblades and held up an American flag and they all chugged beers while I sang the national anthem. Like we love, that's, that is such a strange thing, but they know that I love America so much. Um, I just love America and I love to celebrate the fourth and it is my favorite holiday. And I'm just so excited for glow sticks and fireworks and hot dogs and hamburgers and patriotic music this week. Mark Scrooge away. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I love what the 4th of July means. I love the history of it. It's obviously the most, maybe the most important holiday other than Christmas, just in terms of that. Uh, it's just, it, I just don't celebrate it that much. I, I don't know what to say. I hate the summer. I, it's, it's so hot outside. I'm sweating. Barbecues are fine. I don't love them that much. I do like fireworks, but I like fireworks better like at Christmas time when it's nice and chilly out. You can watch them. It's just not one of the days I celebrate um, a lot. I do... I, I understand how important it is, um, same as Easter, but I don't actually celebrate it. So I think there's, there's a much different, we have a much different way of dealing with it, but I do, I celebrate the 4th of July every day. So that's what makes me a real patriot. Uh, meanwhile, you only celebrate once a year. God, turn that around. That was really good. I can't believe I thought of that, but no. The, the 4th of July holiday specifically, I think it's a great day. It's a great remembrance of something that happened. I just, it's not something that I think is that cool to celebrate. Well, for you fellow patriots out there, what does she say in Scandal that, that one woman is going to just lovers of liberty? For all of you lovers of liberty out there that will be celebrating with me on Saturday, um, I hope that it is the best 4th of July you've ever had, celebrating our nation's independence. Um, tomorrow, on the 3rd, Hamilton comes out on Disney+. Plus. And so just in time for the fourth, we can watch Hamilton on Disney plus and then wake up Saturday morning and go jump in the pool and eat your homemade ice cream. I don't know what everybody else does, but homemade ice cream. What, what are you, wait, time out. What are your fourth of July homemade ice cream? I think most people just do hamburgers and hot dogs. I, I don't know what kind of bougie fourth of July parties you have. Okay. Homemade ice cream is not bougie, but homemade That's ice cream. That's super bougie. That's like, 
Whatever. Yingling. That's what rich people do. I, I buy my ice cream at the grocery store like normal Americans. Okay. Well, I grew up with homemade ice cream, so whatever. <laughs> um, everybody's old Navy. Mark, you remember the old Navy t-shirts with the flags on them and you could get them I do. every year? <laughs> yeah, what they, they were like five bucks and everybody had them. They were so cool to have. I know. That was like the thing to do in the suburbs was old Navy t-shirts. Um, so I hope that everyone has an excellent 4th of July, except Mark. I hope you stay inside and watch Christmas movies or something weird. Um, that sounds like an excellent 4th of July. Then you hope we all have excellent 4th of July. Oh, this is what I'm hearing. God. But I hope everyone has a great 4th of July. Don't forget your bug spray because the mosquitoes are terrible in Nashville and in Tennessee right now. Um, read the City Freedom Another Index. Another reason not to go outside. I can't, yes. I keep getting myself, keep digging myself in deeper. I got to cut this off while I got a chance. Read the City Freedom Index. Happy 4th of July. See you next week.